Be Afraid. Hey guys, Dorsen Kipton, your host here on the Be Afraid podcast, where I drag you along for the adventures of a horror writer. And today I wanted to talk about shareable, or you might say uh, clickable content versus uh, content that's authentic and true to the style of the artist. Uh, for me, I have not written yet any books that are, you know, quote unquote, to market, meaning playing into a genre, uh, hard genre fiction, uh, heavy genre tropes. Uh, and with that would come the ability to play into those things in terms of marketing the most similar to what the consumers of that genre are already looking for. So that interest definitely competes with the originality of a franchise to a certain point. I mean, if you are trying to be similar to something, then you're certainly not going to be as original as if you were trying to stand out, be dissimilar, or disregard the rules and the boundaries. Now, it's not not a bad thing to play to the genre. Not a bad thing to market market in a way that's catchy. I'm all I'm all for giving the people what they want. But uh, yeah, that's it's uh, an interesting contest so far. I've done the less marketable thing. My and, and this involves everything from your I don't know, perhaps your podcast content down to the blurb, which is what we call uh, the wording on the back of a book that you read before you read the book uh, to tell you what's it about. So those sorts of things, the cover of the book, uh, whether that looks clickable, the title, whether that looks and sounds clickable and memorable, all those things, they can either be an artistic choice or a marketing choice or a combination thereof. And for me, uh, I love marketing. I love advertising uh, and, and sales and just the idea of knowing what someone likes and presenting that to them, presenting value through that. But I have yet to uh, fully adopt that in the writing so far, I suppose. That could be part of uh, the adventure of being a horror writer or the adventure of being a newer self-published author that I really have to sit down and take a, a little while to figure out where my audience is and uh, what they really want and kind of play into it. So far, by the way, the most likable and clickable and memorable thing in my current novel, Hot Ashes and Brass Casings, has been the dog. And it's not really a dog. They call it a jackal right off the bat. So not spoiling anything for you there. But I could play into that. It would just not be true to what is represented in the book. Anyway, I thought that was a interesting, just a interesting topic something that creators have to consider uh, what looks good at a glance versus what is good in an artistic way. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.
Welcome back to Be Afraid with Torsten Kipton, your host. And I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about art versus products. What are the real differences? And I won't get into the semantics of what is art, although I have a viewpoint on that. It could probably be an entire topic of its own for a full day of discussion, let alone a full day of uh, radio or podcast segments. So I'll leave that one to uh, fester in the grave a little while longer. In any case, uh, I think that art aims primarily to affect the emotions of the of the audience. Art is aimed at expression, really, and a product is can do those things, but a product is aimed at the demand of a market. So more than one audience member, obviously, uh, as well as art, but the product must meet a demand for it to be a good product. It doesn't need to be to meet a demand necessarily to be good art. Whether art can be good or bad is another semantic issue. But of course I have a view on that one as well. It can be bad and it definitely can be good. So the yeah, the uh, beautiful crossroads of art and product is the entertainment industry, essentially. Even if it seems fairly kitsch, which is to say not expressly for the purposes of artistic expression, in most creative content borderlines art in one way or another. It could be even... I mean, nudes broadcasting. I mean, there's some really great fiction recently in, uh, you know, in CNN's channel for that. It's very compelling. So, uh, you can cross over, is what I'm saying. The other interesting thing about the product side is that it can really affect how you steer the art. You might think that an author created uh you know their masterpiece from the deep rooted need to say something but sometimes it's that just shining a light on their deep rooted need to eat food or live indoors uh, having a roof over your head is great and authors like to have that most indie authors most independently published authors, I would say over 80% are making most of their income elsewhere. So it is a passion project for most people, but the art is most satisfying when it really does interact with other people, when an audience gets it. And in a way it would be a tragedy to write the most masterful book but to not have anyone read it because it was not marketable or just not a product anyone wanted. So that's, that's to me, the main dichotomy there. And for Torsten Kipton books, they have thus far been primarily art and hopefully they have the audience in mind. I like to cradle the audience eye in the palm of my hand and and where I feel it tug, that's where I want to uh, 
put my pen. If I can give you gruesome metaphors like that, because those are the ones that roll off the end of my forked tongue. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I'll be back in for one more segment with you guys, and I hope you tune in and enjoy. Torsten Kipton back here for the last segment of the Be Afraid podcast of the day, and I'm going to finish it up by talking about novelty versus playing to expectations. And that plugs in a lot to what I've talked about earlier, but it is a huge uh, sliding scale for me. Uh, Novelty is one of the most satisfying things about a book to me personally. Even if a book's writing style maybe doesn't satisfy my hunger for archaic wording or old English verbiage uh, or maybe it's a little bit on the uh, silly side let's say uh, something where they take a lot of liberty with the uh, the audience's willful suspension of disbelief even then if it's very novel and very clever I will usually if not immediately enjoy it, enjoy it over time. Those those novel things stick with you. So novelty is a huge part of what I try to infuse into my content. And uh, humor is essentially only valuable when novel. If you've heard the same joke twice in a row, it's not novel to you. If you have some time to forget about it, maybe it uh, makes you laugh again. But... Uh, that's that's another thing that you can use for novelty that will be in medium roast when that podcast is going. But aside from that, I try to do a lot of unique world building. And if you've read enough fantasy novels, or perhaps epic fantasy specifically, you tend to recognize the world building probably a chapter or two ahead a few exceptions would be what I consider an epic fantasy novel that's blended with sci-fi would be Red Rising. Uh, That one broke the mold, as a matter of fact, and really surprised me. Of course, that's that's a unique author and a unique uh, juxtaposition of sci-fi and 400,000 word plus novels, but and that, that affords you completely different plot and character opportunities. So the novelty there is uh, gratuitous. But aside from that, I know. Uh, then on the other side, there is playing into expectations. And there's two ways you can do that. You must know the audience expectations to do either one. But the first is to give them what they expect and that can uh, draw them in to a sort of a hypnotic state where then you have the chance to switch it up and surprise them. Or you can do some sort of an homage or commentary on the common format that they're expecting. Maybe it's not even plot, maybe it's characters, or 
Maybe it's something to do with pacing. It could be in any number of things, but if you completely flip it on its head, if you make it the mirror image, the opposite of what they expect completely, they'll definitely recognize the void that you mirrored. And that, that to me is a very fun uh, anti-trope, you might call it, that you can throw to audiences. A trope would be something that someone is expecting of the genre, the uh, format of your art, of your art and the uh, place they're consuming it. But if you really uh, subvert that, you can have a lot of fun. Of course, very, very short fiction gives you the leeway to do those things because you can make reckless decisions, which I find personally very entertaining. Uh, you can make reckless decisions with your characters and with your arc, and because they're wildly spinning out of control, they can conclude soon before it gets away from you and gets away from everyone, really. The other option is to have an extraordinarily long book like the Red Rising series, which I highly, highly recommend, and have the time to uh, circle all the way back around to rationale. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, and I will hear from you next week.